Hello and welcome to The Bulletin and Beyond. My name's Kimberly Price and today on the program we chat to our Deputy Editor Rachel Houlihan and our sports journalist Nick Ansell about all the headlines making news this week. Rachel, this week there was a little bit of a dicey subject come up with the Victorian Electoral Commission with the Shire's uh, council elections. Can you tell us a little bit about what results were released that may not have been meant to be? Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, uh, voting is closed for the uh, council uh, elections all across the state of Victoria. Um, obviously, we're waiting with bated breath to find out who's been elected for Moyne, Crangamite, uh, Warrnambool City. That's especially a hot one. We had 24 candidates in Warrnambool. Um, so, on social media on Monday night, there was a few posts that were being shared around about the results of the first day, very, very early results of the first day of polling um, for first preferences. So we figured out, we learnt that those uh, at the VEC voting rooms where the polls were being tallied, those results after the first day had been um, put up on the windows of the um, election, electoral centres. So we popped down to the one in Coroit, which is at the Blackwood Centre, and there was, yeah, the uh, very first day uh, results. Um so it was quite interesting for Moyne. We sent a reporter along to go and see if there was any at the Warrnambool um, polling centre. Unfortunately, well, they hadn't posted theirs and there wasn't. There also was none posted at Karangamite. However, there was uh, first day results posted at the Southern Grampian Shire up in Hamilton. Um, so for us, the interesting one was uh, Moyne. So we had a look at those results and, as I said, very, very early days, only 2,000 of about the 16,000 votes, first preferences had been counted. And, of course, got to remember, that there's also then all the preferences then have to flow to each other after the uh, first pre- first preference polls are counted. Um, with that, current mayor Daniel Mead and long-term Moy Shire councillor Jim Dukas were uh, absolutely killing it. They were ahead by a country mile. They both had polled 383 first votes each and then they were closely followed by uh, other Port Ferry based uh, council candidates, including um, incumbent uh, Jordan Lockett, uh, Geordie, and then uh, Karen Foster and publican Damien Gleeson. So we got in touch with the VEC and we said, well, we saw these first day results. You know, we take it with a grain of salt. Obviously, only 2,100 votes have been counted. There's still a lot more to go. You know, there's a lot of water under the bridge. But will the VEC, will the polling centres, will they be posted on the electoral office window each day? And the VEC came back to us and said, oh, oh, no, 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 no. There's been a mistake made. Um, election officers have now been reminded that the provisional tally results, they shouldn't be displayed. Uh the spokeswoman who got in touch with us said the results, because they're incomplete, those counts could be misleading. So they've advised us that unfortunately we won't be able to follow along each day, see how people are polling, you know, have a little guess about who's going to make our um, make our councils in our southwest region. But it was just interesting to see after day one. It looked like, and of course, as I said, a lot of water under the bridge, but after day one in Moyne Shire, out of five out of the seven uh council people who were winning the race were from Port Ferry. So that could be quite interesting because, as we all know, Moynshire is a lot bigger than Port Ferry. Mm, Very interesting indeed. 
And in breaking news, we have heard a little bit about what the future could be for the Portland smelter. Can you give me a little bit of a background about this uh, employment centre for the Portland region and, and what is sort of looking like to be coming in the next little while? Yeah, for sure. So as we all know, the smelter at Portland, Portland Aluminium, it's a huge employer in that town. It's been a long-term employer for so many people for so many years. And, of course, we know that Alcoa, there's been lots of talk over many years, especially, you know, four or five years ago now. I think the federal and state government gave it a multi-million dollar bailout to help it when there was an electrical fault and the, uh, the smelter pots all got stuck and they had to really refurbish the site there. Um Another report's just come out in the past few days from the Australian Institute showing that the smelter's closure over in Portland would be absolutely devastating for the local community and the economy. And that's not a surprise. I think people in Portland well know that. Portland and beyond, it doesn't just employ Portland people. Um, it, it, this closure would warp, wipe out $250 million from household incomes and the GDP of Victoria would take an $800 million hit, which that's huge, like absolutely massive. So our local government member is calling on the state government to save the smelter. Roma Brittnell says that the smelter is worth fighting for. Um, obviously, the last thing we need is job losses. We've had the COVID pandemic. That's continuing. We don't... It, it could well be, you know, the biggest economic disaster that Portland would ever have if that smelter closed. So many families rely on it. It, it really helps that town, uh, you know, have money and be profitable. We'll wait with bated breath to see um, what's going to happen with that employment hub for the region. And just finally, Rach, could you give me a little bit of a wrap-up about what the COVID news has been this week for the Southwest? Yeah, for sure. Well, we've continued on uh, very successfully. No active COVID cases in the southwest. Indeed, currently there's none in regional Victoria, so it's absolutely fantastic news. I think this week in across the state we saw two days of zero COVID cases, which is just absolutely brilliant. I think that's very, very uplifting. And, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're seeing that in Melbourne their restrictions are easing a little bit. Um, yeah, I think, you know, if we all continue doing the right thing, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, and abide by the restrictions. I know they can be really painful and a lot of people are hurting and missing their families, but I think if we stay the course, we can, you know, continue to ease restrictions. So, Nick, we've had a big build-up to the cricket season right throughout the coronavirus pa um, pandemic as it's one of the only sports that's sort of seemed like it's been going ahead the entire time. The season is about to kick off. Can you tell me what we're expecting this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the opening round of the Warrnambool and District Cricket Association. Like you said, it's been a huge build-up because there's been you know nothing really happening through the winter. So there's been a lot of hype surrounding uh, the comp, you know, the, the start of the season really. So everyone's really, really pumped up. There's been a little bit of movement uh, in the off season in terms of players and. Um, I think people are just really keen to get something underway. We've we've had sort of Southwest Cricket Association, which is sort of our terrain camp in our way. Um, they've really been into it the last couple of weeks, and, and that's been good. But people in Warrnambool are, are really chomping at the bit just to, to jump at it and get get stuck into some some live live team sport. Fantastic. And looking to footy, we're already looking ahead to the 2021 season. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the recent movements with the Hamden League? Yeah, so really big, really big 
news has come out of Hamilton today, and Hamilton Kangaroos have signed uh, Lockie Woodell, who is a Port Melbourne Premiership player in the VFL. So that's a huge signing for them. Um, absolutely massive. He's moved to the area for work, um, which fits their model of player. Hamilton Kangaroos have really been keen to ensure all their players are sort of based within the region rather than getting talent or shipping them in from Melbourne and sort of having guys drive back and forth and all that sort of thing. So... Um, that's massive news for them. And also in the, in the Warrnambool and District Football Netball League, uh, Dennington has appointed Ben Thornton as its senior coach for 2021. So um, he'll be helped out a little bit by Darcy Lewis, who's a Dennington legend, and uh, another Dennington stalwart in Luke Duncan, and Luke Pearson will be his assistant. So a fair bit of movement there, Dennington certainly look like they're, they're on the right track after a couple of tough years, um, just in terms of a bit of a lull for players and, and availability and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, plenty, plenty happening. And looking ahead to Melbourne Cup, the race that stops the nation, there's obviously been a lot of uh, talk about this in the media throughout the past couple of weeks. Can you tell me the Southwest build up to the event? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it looks like we'll have a, a Warnable race jockey in Daniel Moore. He's looked uh, he's going to saddle up and race in that, uh, you know, the race that, that stops the nation, as you said before. So that's obviously a, a huge, uh, you know, a huge achievement for him really to get to that stage. Um, obviously, it's a, it's just such a big race and it's such a big build up and it's, it's going to be a little bit bizarre, I think, um, you know, this year, considering there won't be crowds or anything like that on course. But uh yeah, a massive event nonetheless, and 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 that's just the way that uh, the, the the way that it goes. So um, that's another one. He's obviously got got a ride there. Also, uh, Kieran Ma, who was raised in Winslow, is uh, is going to settle up a couple of runners as well. So a, a bit of a big uh, a big event, really. Um, you, you know, all round for Southwest people, pretty exciting and. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see if uh, if Sir Dragonite can uh, can 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 make an impact for for Kieran Ma. And in other news this week, Nick, you've sort of gone out of on a bit of a whim with a new cricket program. Can you tell me a little bit about Cow's Corner? Yeah, so it's a it's it's been really fun, uh, Cow Corner. We've been really fortunate to have uh, West Warrnambool coach Alison Templeton and Nestle's coach Alex Strosh. Uh, you volunteer their time really to help us out um, with that and come on each and every week and give their insights and expertise on that. Um, it's a, we want to make it a hard-hitting cricket cricket program. So um, Cow Corner being the name, it's obviously, it, it sounds a bit funny. It's, um, you know, named after the, the, the sort of the position on the field, you know, hitting the ball to Cow Corner. And I mean, I wish... Um, for, for people who are notorious sloggers in cricket, they, they know all about Cow Corner. But, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's going to be a bit of fun. It's something a little bit different, um, venturing into new territory there. So um, we're putting some time and effort into it and, and, and some resources into it. And we, we really hope that people tune in and listen to, to, to us talk about some of the hard-hitting topics surrounding cricket and some of the the really interesting talking points. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited for where it's going to go and um, please tune in on standard.net.au. Don't forget to subscribe to The Standard through our website for all our stories and features. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country, the Gunditjmara people, 
and the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This has been a Warrnambool Standard production.